for all things land development, planning and property. This is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. To find out how Ian can help you, visit propertyonfire.co.uk. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's episode of Property on Fire. So what do we have coming up on today's episode? I know you've tuned in specially to hear about British Gas and the ongoing saga and episodes and problems that I seem to be having. If you're not up to speed on them, then please do listen back to the last few episodes to hear about my trials and tribulations with British Gas. But instead this week, I have for you a really special interview. I spoke with Toy and Ayandara a couple of days ago and had a thoroughly good chat and as with all my interviews, these are really unscripted. It is a very, very informal chat, and I never really know which direction these chats are going to go in. In addition to the interview with Toyin, I'm also going to give you a brief update on what's happening on our various sites. So without further ado, let's get started. But before we do, please do like, review and subscribe to this podcast and come with me on this property journey. Right, before we dive into our main guest, an update on our various sites. Now, if you're a regular listener to Property on Fire, and I hope you are, you will know that as a developer and within my company, Leading Homes, we have a number of developments underway. And one of them, which is in South Devon, in a town called Totnes, is where we've actually, so far, built 22 flats. I say built, actually, they were conversion from what was uh, former county council offices and before that a care home. But we now have 22 flats, of which the vast majority are now, I'm pleased to say, sold. And we actually have residents living on the site. Now, this week we had a meeting with regards to the next stage on the site. And the next phase involves creating four additional flats in the airspace on planning that we achieved a couple of years ago. And this is going to involve taking the roof off, a large pitch roof off one of the wings, and replacing that with another floor. Then the floor below and this new floor will become duplex apartments. There'll be two bed apartments. All of them will have at least one balcony and one will actually have two balconies. So they'll actually be very, very nice. And we're looking forward to actually entering that next phase of that development. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, this site has at times been a little bit of a struggle. It's also been a massive, massive learning curve for both myself and my business partner and right-hand man, Jonathan Stobbs. And I know that we've both learned a shed load from this particular site. In the last episode, that was episode 24 we were talking about investors and those people who actually invest with our company leading homes. And this site is no exception. I'm really, really grateful for those people who have put their trust in myself and in Jonathan and actually lent us money, which actually means that we can actually create these high quality flats for people to live in and to actually make a difference to people's lives. Now, these particular flats happen to actually be one of the cheapest in the town. So it's not always a case of making massively high sales and big, big, big profits just for the sake of it. Sometimes you just like to actually give back and actually give back sort of reasonably priced apartments. And certainly some of these have certainly been that. 
Now, up in North Devon, in a town you may have heard of called Westwood Ho, we're almost out of the ground on, I'd say, 50% of those bungalows. We're building 14 bungalows there. And despite the wind and an awful lot of rain up there, we are still progressing well. And as I speak, I'm looking outside at uh, partially blue skies. And it would be nice if those blue skies actually remained for a few days. And we avoided any high winds because it does affect progress on the site. One of the jobs that is happening at the moment on that site is a large sewer diversion. And we're having to actually redirect that around the edge of the plot. Because obviously, you know, we don't want that beneath properties that we're trying to build. So that is what we're actually doing at the moment, whilst also trying to continue getting all the 14 bungalows out of the ground and to the initial foundation stage. And we will continue to keep you updated on our various leading home sites. But if you are interested or wish to contact us, then please do contact me, ian at leadinghomes.co.uk or via the other usual methods and we'll be delighted to have a chat with you. On to my guest this week. Now, I have known Toyin for a little while. We've chatted many times on Clubhouse over the last year or so. Yes, I have actually been following her journey and she's actually doing some stuff in one of my old stomping grounds, it turns out, and I didn't know that until the interview and the chat I had, but she is doing some very decent stuff down in South Essex. So without further ado, welcome to Toyin Ayandara. Toyin, thanks very much for joining us today on uh, Property on Fire. I hope you're well. Yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. No problems at all. No problems at all. I always try and get as many people as possible onto the show, and it's a pleasure to have you. Now, I always send out like a questionnaire, if you like, to all my guests, and I noticed that your brand is called Icon Range. Now, tell me a little bit about Icon Range. What is it? What do you do in it? I mean, is it about creating icons? I don't know. I really don't know. So <laughs> so please tell me. It's a property company. Our tagline is creating real value in people and places. And it came about quite a few years ago, actually, when I met my husband, Toby Ayandari, um, who obviously is also my business partner. And he, he said he's always had that name, Icon, and he's always seen himself as being an icon to others and being almost a role model and literally aligned with one of my core goals and wanting to sort of be at the forefront to show others the way, obviously, meaning I'm walking the path myself. So I literally adopted that name at that point to say, yes, that would be the company names, even though at the time there was no, I mean, we're still very young and there was no idea of having companies. So that name icon has always been there. And then literally when we sort of started getting into business, we thought actually we'd put the range at the end because um, we thought um, range meant that we give us a range of things to do. And so that's how we sort of came up with icon range. But predominantly the company itself is the property company and um, we, we, we have four variants which is our developments um, we have the um, lettings obviously where we have our single letting um, HMO properties as well and then we have the apartments which is where we have the service accommodation arm of the business and lastly we have the academy which is where we are helping others possibly like you said raising icons and um, property icons or whatever you'd say but it's literally helping others get on their journey and achieve financial freedom sure so so it's a complete wide range then that you're actually involved in within property 
Absolutely. Yeah. The name speaks itself. I can range. <laughs> Excellent. Lovely. So I'm well, I'm assuming you haven't been in property all, all your life. So why property? What gave you the, the bug, if you like, to actually get involved in into property? To be honest, I think I've always had it, but never knew I did. It was only after I think I gave it to my second daughter just over 10 years ago now. And when I was pregnant for her, did I think this is actually something I was going to do full time. So prior to then, I had one child. I was, I was, I was in the city with a nine to five job. Luckily enough, was a good job, project manager. And things were sort of going fine. But obviously, I, one of the things I wanted to do as a parent was be an intentional parent and I just couldn't I, I didn't have the opportunity doing that with the sort of job I had and where we lived and it just meant that I, I was I was having to rely on um, child care and nursery to sort of nurture my child which wasn't what I wanted so I was looking for a way out and um, that's how we sort of stumbled on property after renovating our home at the time asking the estate agents to come in and realizing the value we had added into the property and I just thought actually I could take a career break right now see what property would bring. And before then, I'd been watching Ohms Under the MI. was one of those <laughs> programs I absolutely loved. And so, yeah, I just thought, why not? I tried. And yeah, 10 years after, I'm still here. You're still going. And I'm sure, having seen, I haven't seen Homes on the Hammer for an awful long time, but I'm sure those listening today will agree with me that some of the figures shown in Homes Under the Hammer aren't quite as accurate as they portray. <laughs> I don't think it's quite there. There's an awful lot of costs that they sort of leave out that is, uh, you know, legal fees, solicitor, everything. It's a complete range of costs. And, and of course, those yeah. costs are going up. I mean, talking about that, I mean, as a developer, one thing that we are battling with at the moment is rising costs. So are you being affected at all by that post-COVID? Yes, absolutely. We've got a block of 12 apartments that we're currently building. And <laughs> I mean, the pricing we got when we actually got the um, the, the site was is way off in terms of what it is currently now, what we're going to be building to. And uh, it is one of those things as a developer that you sort of need to sort of deal with. And that's why it's very important that your numbers are not too tight, that you cannot accommodate any sort of increase in costs. Luckily, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced in this as well. Most of our, our development sites, the GDV is also a lot has increased from what it used mm -hmm. to be. So we are in a position where we are able to accommodate those costs, which I'm so glad. And I think it just reiterates the fact that you've got to be very, very clear on your numbers. I mean, it's very easy to sort of see lots of um, developers just buying sites, throwing caution to the wind. Because you want to get sites, you want to get busy, you could actually get the bug of just getting anything else. That's a dangerous place to be. I want to be in the business long term. So I don't want to sort of screw up my numbers by actually just buying any site. So we, we always make sure that there's a lot of um, wriggle room in our numbers, such that if things like this happened, obviously that's no one no one could plan for it. No one knew this was coming. Um, if things like this happen, we still have the wriggle room to actually still bring our projects um, to completion you know having contingencies is vital and it's something that I've seen many many times over the years in various groups and everything else where people say oh yes I'm going to build for x per square foot or x per square meter and you sort of think yeah well that's all very well today but what happens if, you know, if the market tanks a bit, if the market goes down by 10%, you know, where is your profit? Are you going to just wipe out? Costs go up by 10%. You know, all of a sudden, that's 20%. I mean, at the moment, I don't know about you, but I'm finding that costs, GDV, as you say, 
or gross development value, if you're not familiar with the acronym, that is going up. But at some point, and I actually discussed this on a recent podcast, you know, at some point that bubble will burst, those prices will come down. And I think as developers and, you know, whatever line of property we're in, we have to be ready for that and have to sort of take into account. Absolutely, yeah. We find we, we exact same assumptions that we're making because obviously um, the, the, the GDV and, like you said, gross development value of the property or, or sites are, are giving us that today, but no one knows what that's going to be in 12 months, 24 months' time. So you've got to take into consideration the length of the project. And I think sometimes this this is why it's important to ensure that you're not dragging on, on any project you're working on because you want to get in there very quick and get, get out to be able to achieve that GDV. Your exit strategy as well would determine how, how achievable your GDV is. Are you looking to sell? Are you looking to refinance and, and use like a build-to-rent scheme? So a lot of times that, that would determine, but I always ensure that we have multiple exit options mm-hmm. because of ex- exact reasons like that. What if um, the market turns and property prices drop? What am I? What, what are the situation? What, what situation would I find myself in? It's almost like you look at the worst case scenario, a likely case, and what the best case scenario is, and make sure that all three you're happy with, and then at least you know that you have a viable project at that stage. I'm sort of nodding here, and obviously you can't see me nod- nodding, being a podcast, <laughs> but I'm I am nodding in agreement here because again, you know, having backup, having a plan B and a plan C is so vital, and making sure that those stacks so. Yeah, it's always encouraging and very heartwarming when I hear someone else sort of saying about this and making sure that there is a second option because, you know, markets will change. You know, people will go different directions. You know, buyers may not be there for whatever reason. We had no idea two years ago or just over two years ago now that COVID was there. It was just some minor illness or something that was affecting a few people. We had no idea at all. Going back a couple of years, did, did you have issues during the lockdown with with your projects? Well, not not necessarily. Um, other than the fact that well, cash flow was wearing thin purely mm. because we had sites and and because of the development options that we go for, it meant that we had sites that were um, being currently financed with development loans. We, and and those some of some of those sites were either in planning, and I'm, I'm not sure if you had anything in planning. You know that there was a huge delay purely because again. Sure. Everyone was affected by the lockdown. The banks don't necessarily, uh, weren't necessarily waiting and um, and seizing and stopping this interest rates, um, interest um, costs from climbing up. So yeah, um, other than the fact that we had such delays in the projects, means we had more costs than we envisaged. Again, which goes back to my initial point of making sure that you have that contingency there. You also don't have numbers that are too tight. When I bought the site, I never envisaged that that was going to happen. Luckily for us, a lot of things has happened on the back end. That's helped in terms of the numbers and that's allowed us to ensure that that is not necessarily a disadvantage. If anything, the project has gone farther ahead from where we was initially. Being able to pull resources together and work on and setting sites, get, get the sites going as soon as possible. As soon as lockdown was, um, well, the first lockdown was over, we were able to get on site back up, trying to sort of double up and try and um, save up on any lost time. So, yeah, we had to pull, pull up our sleeves and do a few things to ensure that um, we could actually cap the loss. So I think we, we've come out the other end better. So I'm, I'm glad for that. But, yeah, it, it was a tough time at the time, not knowing where this was going and when it was going to end. No, I'm glad you got through it. As, as I mean, I think most people did in the end, but it was obviously the unknown, the unknown. And, you know, people were isolating or what have you, you know, if you're getting supplies in and stuff like that. So, so I mean, outside of developing, I think you mentioned earlier that um, you do 
service accommodation, HMOs, out of your various strands within Icon range, is there one particular avenue that you like or prefer or you enjoy all three or four of them? I think I've sort of evolved over time and I'm, I've always had this growth mindset and I always give myself, open myself up to opportunities. I remember when I started, like I mentioned, buying properties, I used to buy, refurbish, and then obviously sell on, which is obviously what I learned on, on the program I watched. And, and obviously evolved over to start keeping the properties. And I, at the time, I didn't know it was the buy, refurbish, refinance. I just did exactly what I could do to ensure I keep the portfolio and grow my property portfolio. But eventually um, realized that it was something else, but um, it was called BRR. So we, we, with that, we had the single let. Um, and the service accommodation actually came about, I mean, about six, seven years ago when we were building our house. So we bought our, our, our home and then we um, knocked it down, built them. So I have a new build, a fantastic. I'm currently sat there, even though you can't see, but absolutely proud of our achievement there. And cool. I think um, during that period, we had to stay in an hotel accommodation for about five months, and that was very painful. That was when I knew that service accommodation was... Um, it's definitely a strategy I should look at because there wasn't any such property um, service accommodation around where I live. And and so I, I jumped in, into that market straight away. Again, being an, an entrepreneur and a business person, I, I always look for opportunity to plug the gap, um, meeting that need, but then obviously being financially rewarded for that. And so I have done a lot of those strategies as we've gone along. One of the things I always do is ensure that Whatever strategy it is that I am working on, I learn it. I make sure I get the, the most out of it before I. I don't. I don't necessarily move. We have a team of staff and office and rest of that, so that I help manage it. So I, I personally would move on from it and just have a managerial overview um, on, on on that strand. But I still sort of dip in and out now. It's very difficult to actually say which is my most preferred, but I think definitely the strategy that has helped us. Um, expand the most is the commercial to residential development and maybe yes i do love a good financial reward so for now i'd say probably that's my um preferred strategies however i'm, I'm, I'm tending to lo- love ground up and um, developments now ground up and new builds obviously that's what we're doing at this phase i'm still not quite sure if it's new builds or if it's commercial to residential but to be honest they've all served me really well and i can only be grateful <laughs> Have you got got a preference yourself? To be honest, these days we tend to concentrate on on new builds. That's what we're doing. Uh, We're building 14 bungalows in in North Devon at the moment that listeners to this podcast will be familiar with because I always give the good, the bad and the downright ugly sort of stories from our sites because at the end of the day, I think we all learn from the mistakes that we've done over the years. You know, you, you learn from them. But certainly, yes, new build is where we're concentrating and of course, like you, I've got sort of different fingers in different pies or whatever the expression might be. One likes to, you know, have different things just to, I mean, just, just to keep life fresh, I think. You know, I think if, if one just did one thing, I think that would become a little bit boring. So so with your current developments, what have you actually got on the go at the moment, Toyin? So we've got, um, like I mentioned, the block of um, 12 units. That's in South Essex. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I grew up in Essex, so I'm an... Oh, did, I'm, oh, did you? Oh. I'm, I'm an Essex lad, so although we're doing down the southwest, no, I was born and bred in South Essex. So uh, oh. so just, just a bit of personal inquisitiveness there you yeah it's fine, <laughs> fine absolutely fine i mean we 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 have bought a number of commercial units which we converted to um residential in in, in the area already so we're, we're conversing the area i mean mostly buy and develop in in and around essex because obviously i live, live in essex so sure. close to home as much as possible indeed um so yeah this was um, a, a warehouse which we um we've been knocking down obviously it's going to be ground up and then yeah 
um, 12 units, um, absolutely delight, um, delightful projects. But then also we have, again, in Essex, in Benfleet, um, um, Stanford Leop as well, we're developing blocks of apartments in there as well. Um, all, all on the go at, at, the, at the same time. Yeah, like you said, I always try to spice it up. Whilst I'm doing that, I also have another property in London that I'm, I'm I bought refurbishing and then obviously the usual. So when, when I have a big project, I sort of focus on that because I don't want to pull myself in too many directions. However, what I am able to do because I'm multitasking is have a little bit more, um, it's some of the smaller projects around, just keeps it going, keeps it ticking, keeps the cash flow going in and out. And yeah, it just makes it all fun and um, absolutely love, love love the opportunity to be able to do that. Constantly looking for new sites because um, I'm sure you know the process of get, going through planning because most of the sites we buy, we tend to buy without planning. Mm-hmm. So we go through the planning process and, you know, as you know, that took takes a long time. Like this site you're referring to the 12 um, units, that took a long, long time in planning. Unbelievable. And again, it goes to say, I mean, like you said, I also tell about the good, bad and the ugly. I had absolutely no clue when I was picking up that site that I would be going for, for planning for about three. I think we, we finally got on the third or fourth time. And I, ne- I had no clue. So imagine yeah. if my numbers were super tight, um, the holding cost of those um, of the site, plus the fact that each time you go back to plans and having to redo out the plans, professional fees, it could easily cripple you if you don't do your numbers right. So yeah, it won't have gone unnoticed that obviously you're you're female, and it's always great to hear females talking about development and everything else. But I'm going to say, in all honesty, that obviously you are in the minority so if there are any females listening to the podcast today have you got a message for them to actually sort of get involved i mean is there any sort of way perhaps they might be able to get involved i mean even perhaps with with yourself i don't know yeah absolutely um i know there is a popular saying what the men can do the women can do better <laughs> whilst um, it's not necessarily something I go about it I, I um, definitely do think that there yes we I am in the minority as a matter of fact I remember very clearly when I um, started years ago I went to I mean obviously one of the things that you've been told is go to your local network groups and go to the business network and all of that and I went to one of the groups and um, one of the ladies kindly said to me said I'll, I'll give you a piece of advice and I just want you to know this not be, not to put you off but to get you prepared and she said that there are three things that could go against you and I just know them so that you know if anyone knocks you back for it then you, you, you you've heard it before it's not the first time so there are three things you're female you're young and you're black mm-hmm. and all of those three things you can get some people knocking you back for it I mean it's almost like she was a godsend because she's open room and I was obviously not necessarily the most confident at the time and I was just like what why would you say that to me <laughs> but oh my goodness that was being I mean, I, I wish I could still meet her. That, that's been very good because all three things I get got knocked down on. And I think just a, a word of advice to anyone out there, the truth is you choose what you want to actually knock you down. You choose how you want to play your game. You choose the life on your own terms. And it all depends on your mindset. Get your mindset right. I mean, we don't need anyone to validate who you are or what you are. In regards to that, I definitely go on site regularly and the guy, the, the builders, the contractors I employ, I'm paying, get me, knock, knock me down. A lot of times they're like, oh, what's, what's the boss? I'm, can you can you get a boss to call me? It's like, oh, you've been speaking to me all this yeah. while. You've dealt me all the while. Why, why would you think there's someone else? I chose not to um, fight against it. I chose to embrace it and 
not let it stop me in, in, in my tracks. And then to anyone out there, sometimes you just got to pick your battles, go on your own journey, because you already have a lot to deal with anyway. You don't need any additional um, knockbacks. So I don't know, and what I've done is just literally just keep going. Um, yes, has it been challenging as, at times? Absolutely. Being able to combine that with um, being a wife, being a mom, being myself, being able to multitask. But I think I have a vision. I have a goal. And I'm, I'm not going to let anything stop that. And so I always w- welcome ladies and trying to help them. I mean, as a matter of fact, last year in December, I took a, a group of females. We went on a female um, business retreat and we went to um, Cyprus and literally uh-huh. about the same thing. Locked ourselves in the room for a, couple, for a few days and just try to get that goal. Them, get them almost like a goal setting period, trying to get the priorities right and allow people dream because only you will decide what exactly your dream should be. And um, sometimes it takes taking yourself out of your, your usual um, scenery and actually sitting yourself down and calling yourself to why, why were you, have you been called into this world? What exactly is it that you want to achieve? And go for it. Yes. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm nodding here. I'm nodding like a, a nodding dog should be, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, yes, I mean, totally. I mean, I'm recalled back on all oh, episode uh 15 i actually do a, a rant quite often on my podcast and back on episode 15 i did a rant about no respect for people women young etc and it is something that you know i've come across well more often my my wife has come across being sort of slight, slightly older than me as well it isn't a nice thing that you know, you know that if you had two people standing next to each other where it's always directed to one person, and I'm afraid to say mostly towards the men. But yeah, it's so encouraging and so heartwarming to hear that. And I would encourage anybody listening to this podcast who, you know, whatever background you are, wherever you've come from in life, um, you know, there are opportunities out there and you can make a difference in property. You know, you can actually do it. And I would encourage, you know, anybody to, get in touch and I, I mean the the contact details for toyin will be in today's show notes so you can make contact direct with her or you can reach out to me or or indeed to a, to a number of other people but i would encourage people to listen to what toyin has said and and probably play this episode again and think about how you can progress and how you can develop both as a person and within property. Absolutely, absolutely. You couldn't have said that any better. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Toyn, for being with with us today. I mean, and yeah, I mean, it's really encouraging all all the words you've you've said. And I will certainly go back and listen to this podcast again. Quite often, I'm guilty about just recording these things and not going back myself. But I think this is one that uh, that I will definitely listen to again. So. Thank you, Toyin, and all your details, all your contact details will be in the show notes of of the programme today, of the show. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. And, yeah, like you said, if there's any way I can help anyone, I'm more than happy to because um, I, I had my own doubting moments as well. And if I've um, been able to pull, pull through, I'm still on my own journey, don't get me wrong. I'm still sort of growing every day. But um, if there's any way I can help anyone, then, yeah, please reach out. But 
yeah, glad to sort of be on the show and um, to inspire anyone if I can. But also just obviously being able to have a good chat. I always like a good property chat. Um, <laughs> so it's so a, a time to reflect on achievements because often as, as entrepreneurs, we don't get to do that. We're always moving to the next thing. We always want the next goal. And so sometimes you just, it's good to sort of take a step back and reflect on what we've achieved and give ourselves a pat on the back. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that today. And yeah, it's been a delight. For all things land development, planning and property, this is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. To find out how Ian can help you, visit propertyonfire.co.uk. Well, a massive thanks to Toyin for joining me this week. And I hope you thoroughly enjoyed that chat. I've got several other guests lined up over the next few weeks. And if you fancy being on Property on Fire and having a chat with me, why not get in touch? Whatever you do in property, if you're a beginner, if you're advanced, if you're an expert, whatever it is, I would love to hear from you and talk about what you are doing in property. You don't need to have had many, many years of experience and perhaps things have gone well for you. Perhaps things haven't gone so well. Perhaps we have a chat about that because it's all a case of learning. We are here in property to help one another and I think that is unique in almost any other walk of life, I think. We are here to help one another and that is one of the aims, not only of Property on Fire, but of Planning Geek and all my other various sites as well. We're here to help one another. So if you want to be on the show, then please do get in touch. Okay, so what's happening on next week's episode of Property on Fire? Well, next week I'm going to continue with my long-running A to Z of property and still on letter A I'm afraid yes um, we're going to be talking about amenity land what is amenity land and how can it affect or benefit you in your property journey and despite what I said at the beginning we'll probably will have another update from British Gas I know they can't resist writing to me about something or other we'll see what happens between now and the next episode but in the meantime if I can help your property journey in 2022 then please do get in touch Until next time, keep safe and we'll chat again next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye for now. Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. Please use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe to the show. And if you'd like a question answered on a future episode, email ian at propertyonfire.co.uk.